everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. Becca's in stitches laughing because of something I said that it was accidentally sexual. <laughs> she just told me I could take care of it because what did you say? You- well, my volume wasn't on the mic. We were starting to record and I couldn't hear myself. And I was like, you can take care of that. And she's like, excuse me? Um, and I was like, yeah, up my knob. Because the, <laughs> the recorder has these little knobs that control the volume. And I don't know why that just tickled it me sounded, so much. She just suddenly turned into a child, but she did increase I, the volume on my volume knob. I did and, fix it. And she fixed it. And now here we are. I took care of her knob. Oh, God. Gross. <laughs> we'll see if that gets cut out. Okay. TBD. So today we have a very exciting guest. Our guest is Becca. It me. And you guys had a lot of questions for her. So last December, we did two episodes, one where Grace interviewed me and one where I interviewed her. Since we have so many new listeners, we thought that it would be fun to revisit that for anyone who has questions for us because I feel like we talk about ourselves in a very controlled way. So it was interesting to see what questions you had. But I'm in the hot seat today. But then in two weeks, Grace is in the hot seat. So if you have questions for her, I'll put a question box on my Instagram story in like a week or so. You can also email us if you have like a very pressing question and I'll I'll make the outline. I'm yeah. the controller. Yeah. So I made it this week. You guys had a lot to ask Becca. Yeah. Yeah. What was your high this week, Becca? Okay. So an unsurprising turn of events, both of my highs. First is that Rachel is here, which made me so happy. Yes. So she got here on Sunday night and we've already seen her like five times. I feel like Rachel is like the extrovert friend you need. I feel like I'm kind of a letdown as a friend because I like to hang out like twice a week. Like that's a lot. Like if you if I see you twice a week, you are a best, best, best friend. I feel like I'm in the middle of you two. I, I already had to tell her that we have to set some ground rules because last night she was like, okay, what are we doing every night this week? And I was like, I need a night off. Oh my God, that would stress me out so badly. So tomorrow's our night off. But I'm happy you have her because I'm no longer the letdown friend. (laughs) I'm so excited. So Rachel's here, and it's just as great as I imagined. And then um, also our Rom-Com Pod Season 2 trailer went live. Well, when the podcast airs, it'll be last week. And I'm so excited. I I feel like such a giddy kid that I, like, have a secret. And the secret is how great it is. And I can't wait to, like, for everyone to hear it. I've heard the first episode. It's so good. I can't wait for you to release this into the universe. I sent the first episode to your sister and she listened and she loved it. Yeah, that was on our group text today. I meant to tell you. They were all talking about it. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. What was your high? My high was my birthday. I had a really your birthday dinner was so fun. It was so fun. So I had a small socially distanced outdoor birthday dinner. Um we went to American Bar, which is one of Becca and my favorite restaurants. Um and then we went to Dante afterwards and got delicious boozy affogados. Do you feel like the kind of seltzer that we're drinking makes you feel like you have to burp more than regular seltzer? I don't know. I just saw you making the face, and I feel the same way, so I was just wondering. Oh, I made a face because a painting that's on the wall is crooked, and I'm looking at it, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I was making a face because (laughs) the seltzer was making me have to burp. (laughs) No, I was looking at my wall, and I was like, that won't do. (laughs) I'm so glad you had a good birthday. Yeah, it was really nice. And then work is just – it's reasonable. Like, it's still really busy, but, like, the last two weeks were, like, unreasonable. Like, last week I had five photo shoots within – a week-long period, which usually I shoot once, maybe twice a week. So there's just a lot, like getting ready for my Amazon 
launch and everything. Um, this week is really manageable and nice, which I like. I'm so glad. What's yeah. your low? My low is Zoom fatigue. I've had a bunch of Zoom calls today and yesterday, and tomorrow I have a Zoom event for one of the brands I work with from one till five. That's not. And then I have another one the next day. Like they don't even want to sit on that. That's it's ridiculous. so long. It's like, and it looks like there's like interesting content and stuff. It's, but it's just so long. That's too much. And I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't like to like look at the computers for that long straight. I'll probably like take the video off of me and like, like sit on the floor or something. Cause I don't want to, I just, it's going to be interesting and cool, but like, it's, it's just too long. Four hours of Zoom is too much. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And two days in a row. So it like really takes up a big chunk of my week. Oof. Yeah, that's all I could think of. It's I really don't have a lot of lows. I'm just like I, I hate Zoom. That's a that's pretty low. I have the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that. Yeah, the thing is, I think that every brand that I work with, like they want to do things special for the influencers they work with, and I completely get that. And how do you make things special when we can't do things in person? So a lot of the events that we would usually do in person or you know at dinners or drinks or the other things are like let's have a Zoom. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it'll be it'll be good. It's just uh, I'm just like really to sit in my in a chair for five hours and just watch people talk. Yeah. Not ideal. But that really I don't have that's like a fake low. I don't have any real lows this week. Good. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think I overdid it on the soul cycle, which oh I think we could probably all see coming. Yeah. I went from not working out in three months to I worked out. I don't know, like five days in a week in the past two weeks. Yeah. And on Sunday night, I I think it's just that because spinning is not good for your your hips and your hamstrings. Yeah. It like foreshortens your muscles. I used um, to have really bad hip flexor issues when I was in the brief time where I was into Soul Cycle. Well, my hip flexors got so tight. And on Sunday night, I was trying to sleep and I couldn't stay on one I, I'm a side sleeper and I couldn't stay on one side for more than 30 minutes or I would be in like so much pain and so I just like kept tossing and turning I did finally fall asleep but I woke up yesterday and my hips were in so so much pain I, I stretched and I did they did feel better by the end of the day yesterday I did soul cycle today so I'll see I, and I stretched after so I'll see how they feel later today or tomorrow yeah. but ooh, I uh I got a little too aggressive from my status of like starting at square one on the workout train. Yeah. It's hard because I feel like I did so much soul cycle for so many years that I don't think of myself as a beginner, but I'm like, oh no, you're you're, you're in beginner, beginner shape. Mm-hmm. I'm in beginner shape. Yeah. So not yeah. regretting my purchase, but uh it'll come back quickly, but like when you don't do it for that long, you're you're like relegated to like beginner for a, a few weeks. I took a ride today and it was the first time that I was like, I felt like on my game fully. Yeah. So I am getting there. I'm building it back up, but uh, my hips aren't happy. Ugh. So we got that. Yeah. Fun housekeeping note before we get into the questions. So Grace has been mad at me. Not really mad at Not me. Not really mad. So for my birthday, Grace got me the best gift and she got me gifts Yes, I think GIFs. they're GIFs. I Are they GIF. GIFs or GIFs? I, I always know. say GIF, but I think it's a GIF. I think technically it's GIF, but I say GIF and I don't like the sound of GIF. 
So wait, we got to talk about the story because I made these. I like was very nervous. I sent them to her for approval because I wanted them to just be a surprise on Instagram. But like you have, there's a whole lengthy process of get, making a brand account and then getting it approved and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. So I sent it to Becca. She loves it. But then she decides she likes it so much that she wants to make them for Rachel for rom-com pods. And I was like, cool. But she's like, but it's a surprise for Rachel. So, well, it's also for her birthday. So we can't use the you we can't use the gifs no that's until not rachel what I said. is surprised that's not what i said i said if you if we're gonna use them so i had to block, block rachel no not block her just hide your stories from her so i didn't instead, know how to do that so i just blocked her grace just full out blocked her and then rachel noticed and was like there's something weird going on with grace's instagram and so then i was like gaslighting her because i was like oh that's weird i don't th- i don't see anything wrong um all for the sake of hiding the the bad on paper gif gifs whatever from Rachel so it could be a surprise. But anyway, I gave them to her last week so that they're ready for the launch of rom com pods, and she loved them. She almost cried. She was so excited. But anyway, we haven't been able to talk about them on the podcast because she listens, and I didn't want to spoil the surprise. And Grace was ready to like shake me. She was. I wanted to use them and talk about them. I spent a lot of time I and know, money on I this. Know. They're not cheap. It was such a good gift. Yeah, I have them for my blog too, which you guys probably see on my stories all the time. So, if you would like to use a bad on paper gift gif, I'm just gonna say both. <laughs> a gift gif. A gift gif. You can just search on on Instagram stories, like the same way you look for other gifts. You just put in bad on paper, and there's like a. Uh, reading stamp. So if you're reading our book of the month, you could use the badge. Um, there's photos of us reading if you really want to include our faces on your story. There's like a bad on paper Or if you're one. just a blonde or a brunette and want to pretend it's you, you can do that too. Yeah, you can do that too. There's like a logo one. They're so cute. So if you're tagging us in your stories, like use our gift gifs. Yeah, do it. It would make me so happy. I've never seen yeah. anyone else use one yet. I've seen a few people use them. I oh, think. really? I think so. I can't really remember. So maybe it might be you using them. It's probably me. I don't know. Anyway, I'm excited about them. We love them. They're cute. So should we get into this really dramatic interview with this very high-profile guest? A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm game. Okay. Wait, you said last week that you don't like talking – or two weeks ago that you don't like talking about yourself. So is it going to be stressful when we do yours? No, it's fine. I mean actually like in person because when we're – when we're doing the podcast, I like kind of physically, mentally prepare to like talk for two hours. It's more just like when I meet strangers or like at in-person events and they're like, so tell me about yourself. I'm like, I don't want to tell you about myself. But you'll tell me about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's why I always have to take a nap after we record. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shooting photos and recording the podcast makes me really tired. And I felt validated because after Carly came on, she's like, oh, guys, I just needed a nap after that. Did you see that Jessica Sturdy was talking? She did a Q&A recently and people were like, bring back your podcast. And she said one of the reasons that she stopped it was because it was she felt it was really taxing to do solo episodes. That she I can't imagine. It's fair. It's it is. It's I find it taxing to record. I think it's fun, but it's taxing. I think it depends on your personality type. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If you're an extrovert, it's probably a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Becca. Grace. Let's sit down. Let's talk. As if we were standing and not talking before. We're in the same positions. Becca, tell me what the best advice you've ever gotten is. Okay. So I got approval rates over the outline to just – well, first of all, we needed to cut some for time and also to cut anything I didn't want to answer. 
But um, I included this because every single time I do a question box on Instagram, somebody asks, what's the best advice I've ever received? And I feel like people think that everyone is operating under some like mythical advice. I can never, I cannot remember a single piece of advice that I've ever been given. And so I just wanted to say that if you are the person who keeps asking this, or multiple people, I imagine, like, I guess I'm proof that you don't need a singular piece of best advice as an organizing principle to your life to live your life well. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a best piece of advice that you've been given? Um, really stupid and simple. Like early on in my career, a boss was just like, Grace, if you are always just work really hard and are nice to people, you'll get far. And I just always kept that in mind. Okay. Also, that same boss was like, <laughs> there was something about like, and I, it's really sexist advice, but it was also good advice when I like had my corporate job, just like how women really have to be nice, whereas men can get away with being kind of jerks. Oh, I hate that. I hate it. He was a gay man, and he said it like coming from the best place, but it was good advice at the time. I think things have changed a little bit, but he always had like smart, good advice that helped me in my career. Maybe I'm a bad listener because I cannot, I have not retained a single piece of advice that has been given to me <laughs> as like words to live by. So maybe your advice is that you should listen better. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Next question. What are your favorite and least favorite traits about yourself? Ooh. Okay. I thought about this one. Um, So I think my favorite traits are that I'm very hardworking. I think that I am a good and loyal friend. You can fact check me on that. You You are. I would agree. Um, I think I'm funny. Um, those I, I would say those are my like top three traits that I like best about myself. Yeah, on the traits that I I don't think you're very funny. <laughs> Just kidding, you're very funny. Ouch. On the traits that I like least about myself, I would say I am. I can be very stubborn, mm-hmm. which it cuts both ways. Sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I am self-sufficient to a fault in that I do not like to ask for help, which is maybe why I have not gotten any good advice. Oh, maybe. No one wants to give it to you. Well, I don't ask for it. Yeah. I pretend to – I just yeah. keep on keeping on. Well, I hate unsolicited advice. So, oh. yeah. And then my third less serious slash far-reaching one, I actually hate that I cannot control when I say like. And it <laughs> bothers the crap out of me when I listen to the podcast. And I used to have this – I never notice note. it. You, yeah, she had a post-it note. I used to have a post-it note on my computer when we recorded that said, stop saying like and um, and I I lost it, so I don't know where it is anymore, but um, oh, I just did it. I, I It really bothers me when I listen back, and I cannot control it. I do not realize that I'm doing it. I don't notice when you do it, so I'm not very helpful that. here. I appreciate that. I also realize that other people do it, and it doesn't bother me when other people do it, but it bothers me for me. I've gotten a few DMs about it over the course of the podcast, and it always cuts me pretty deep when they say that because I I agree. Oh, that's annoying. Not annoying. Yeah, but it's always annoying when people are pointing out things that you already know and are already trying to fix. Right. I don't know that I'm trying to fix it, but it annoys me too. Yeah. Okay, this one everyone asked and I think you and I talked about this we think that maybe people think you're like holding out on like some secret mm-hmm. some secret info but a lot of people asked about your family life um where you grew up and also about more about your family and parents okay so yeah I can totally see why people would think that I'm being withholding 
Um, the reality is that I have a very, very, very small family. So um, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up in a town called North Haven that is north of New Haven. Um, big fan of New Haven pizza. And then I moved to Florida when I was in high school. And um, the town is called Palm City. It's like the closest big town that you would have heard of is, is Palm Beach. And it's like halfway between Miami and Orlando. And um, I have a really small family. So my uh, my mom was a single mother. My dad was never in my life. And uh, my mom passed away from lung cancer when I was 15. And when she died, I went to go live with my aunt and my uncle. And my aunt and my uncle were married at the time. And they got divorced when I was in college. And I stayed very close with both of them. If you are a longtime listener, you'll know that in 2018, right after I quit my job at Lola, Grace and I were supposed to go on this big trip to Asia. And the day we were supposed to leave, my uncle was very sick and was in the hospital. And I went down to Florida for like a month to be with him. And he ultimately ended up passing away. He'd had uh, chronic cancer for like 10 years. He'd had a kind of lymphoma. So it was it escalated really quickly, but he'd been sick for a really long time. So he passed away in 2018. And so uh, my family is really just my aunt and I, and my aunt lives in Arizona, so she's not super close by. Uh, I usually see her at the hol- at least once a year at the holidays for either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I don't know if I will see her this year because of COVID. I, d- I don't know how I feel about traveling for the holidays yet. I'm going to wait a little bit to make a call on that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have a ton of family. So when I don't talk about my family, it's not because I'm being withholding. It's because I literally don't have a big family. So there you have it. That's maybe what people are sensing or picking up on. And I'm an only child, so yeah. I don't have siblings. What would you say your highs and lows of 2020 have been? Okay. So my high has definitely been launching rom-com pods. I'm so proud of it. It is exceeded my expectations in terms of how much I love doing it and also the reception. So that's definitely been my high. My low? (laughs) Everything? Not everything. I mean, obviously, it wasn't the year I planned. I guess I just feel like my life has been on pause for six months and will be for the next (laughs) few months. So I don't know. I kind of feel like 2020 was like really good in this one respect with launching rom-com pods and also how much time being in quarantine gave us to work on it. But at the same time, I feel like this will be the year, like the lost year of like, what did you do in 2020? And you're like, nothing. Yeah. People are like, what's new? How are you? I'm like, oh, I watched a good movie and I worked a bunch. Right. Like Like outside of work, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. Yeah. I haven't traveled anywhere interesting. I haven't don't listen to our made new friends. Yeah, don't listen to our episode about 2020 intentions. Oh my god. Because I was like this is going to be the year where I stop focusing so much on work and like really have a life and date and like this and that and like everything just went to hell. It's not not going according to plan. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to during the last 3 months of 2020? I'm just so excited that Rachel lives here now. I'm excited especially that as the weather is getting colder that I have another friend to put into my quarantine pod 
and, you know, to have somebody to have dinner parties with and to like watch TV with. I'm just excited that one of my best friends in the world now lives two blocks away from me. That's amazing. You, one of my other best friends in the world, lives underneath me. Yeah, that's right. You better say me because I was going to get jealous. No, but we were talking about this before that you're you're an introvert, so you don't like to have plans as much versus I have a much higher tolerance for social things. Yeah. My new policy is I make plans twice during the week and once during the weekend. And that's it. Well, let me know when you would like Rachel to. Rachel would not like that plan. Let me know when you'd like to come over for dinner because Rachel's going to be there every night, apparently. Yeah, we're doing it on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll probably see you in between now and then. I think I'm going to make Grossy Pelosi's eggplant part, but I'm waiting to hear what your mom thinks. I'll oh, she loved her. it. Oh, she loved yeah. it? Okay, yeah, it was I'll a success. That. When are you getting a dog and what type of dog are you interested in? Okay. I feel like I shouldn't have said that I'm planning to get a dog because the reality is I'm not. <laughs> I'm fantasizing about having a dog at some point. I have no plans to get a dog and I, I do not think that I will actually get a dog in the near future. So I shouldn't have said that because I think it made people think that I am imminently going to get a dog and I am not. I love dogs. I would really like to have a dog. I have thought a ton about getting a dog during COVID. However, I do not think that having a dog would fit into my life outside of COVID. So my biggest concern is that I would like a dog that is not a teeny tiny dog that I can fly with. So I traveled so much in 2019 and just thinking about needing to always – make plans for a dog while I was doing that because they wouldn't be able to fly with me. It's really overwhelming. And I know that I could probably do it or I could throw money at the problem. But I, at this point, have no imminent plans to get a dog. If I got a dog, I would get a dog from a shelter. So I don't really have specific breeds that I'm looking for. But I am picky, so I would want it to be a cute dog. But I think most dogs are cute, so I don't think I would have a huge problem. Yeah. But yeah, the good news is Rachel has a dog. So I have a, a step dog that I can hang out with all the time and will fill my dog cup. Yes. But yeah, I've been saying that I'm going to get a dog for the past five years and I haven't. So I don't think that I'm on track to get one. Do you have any plans for staying politically active after the election? Um, No, I don't. So I left this question in because I need to find some. I obviously want to keep using my platform, meaning Instagram and this podcast, to talk about political issues that are important to me. So I definitely want to continue doing that. But outside of that, I don't. I would really like to find a way to work with work in some capacity that leverages my my specific skill set. Yeah. Do you remember how angry I was in 2016 because I wanted to volunteer for Hillary Clinton and nobody would return? I wanted to help them with their email program because I thought it was really bad. Yes. And nobody would get in touch with me. Yes. I like... I, I really was like, I have a lot of ideas on how to help with your digital strategy because I see a lot of problems. And then they were like, would you like to make phone calls? And not that I'm above that, but I I was feeling that I had other skills that could help them that they did not want to take me up on. Yeah. So anyway, I would be interested in finding a way to help in some capacity that felt like it used my marketing skills and put it to good use. So I don't know. I'll have to look into that more. Yeah. Do you have plans? I don't know. We'll see. I think I've always just felt like it's important to talk about any kind of social justice things on my Instagram. 
as they're important to me. And I, I think that if you have a platform, you should use it. And there's going to be things that continue to come up and that we need to support. I don't think I have like broader plans, just being honest, beyond sharing things. Like I don't yeah. plan to like try and run influencer marketing for like the next Democratic candidate or yeah. something. But I'll always share. I'll always talk about the issues that are important to me. And I think that's kind of my way of doing that as I continue to grow my platform and talk about the things that are important to me. Yeah. But I don't see myself like having the time um, to like do more than that. Because right now I I don't know. We're, in, we're locked down and I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> Um, okay. We're going to move on to like a few career questions. Okay. Guys, we got so many work questions. Um, I just wanted to point out that we have two recent career episodes. We have an episode all about organization. We have an episode about time management. So definitely, um, look those up in the back catalog and and listen to those if you want more of those things. Becca, what was your dream job in your twenties? Oh, so my 20s was really interesting for me career-wise because I kind of had a mental shift around what I wanted to do. So I talked about this a ton in really early episodes, but I I don't think I've talked about this recently, or maybe I have and I'm just repeating myself. But I grew up thinking that there were only three careers that you could be, that you could be a doctor, a lawyer, or a vague business person. And I did not realize that any more creative or non-traditional careers existed. Yeah. Literally. I literally did not think those careers existed. And so I went to college thinking that I was going to be a lawyer. And I pretty quickly realized that I didn't actually want to do that. And so instead, I I majored in political science. And I thought maybe I was going to work in politics. And then when it came, when I was graduating, came time to get a job, I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. So I became a consultant in traditional management consulting because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that sounded sufficiently vague, businessy and successful. And so I did that for two and a half years. And then in my mid-20s, I realized that I didn't want to do that. And I started to think about what I did want to do. And you know how everyone says, like, think about what you like to do when you were younger. Yeah. And the thing I really wanted to do was work in fashion. Like I'd always loved, we both always loved magazines. And like, that just sounded like the coolest most interesting job to me. So in my 20s, like I really wanted to work in fashion and somehow be in that industry and like make that my career. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to stop consulting, what would you venture back into career-wise? I guess that I would just go back to what I was previously doing. So working in marketing, probably for some kind of uh, direct-to-consumer startup of some sort. That's my background. I mean, that's where I have the most experience. So I feel like that is probably what I would do. Although I will say I have no plans to. I would fight pretty hard to make consulting work if I could. And I would only do that if kind of I was out of options. So I'm not planning to do that. But if I had to financially or I don't I don't know what reason would lead me to that. Um yeah, that's probably what I would do. Makes sense. I feel the same way. I feel like everything that motivates me is just not having to have a boss again. Yeah. Um, would you ever release an, a book about organization or working for yourself? I don't know. I, I didn't think so. I don't – I've never wanted to write a nonfiction book. I really want to write a fiction book. But I've always envisioned that if I were going to put in the time and effort to write a book, it would be 
a story. It would be fiction, not nonfiction. Yeah. I'm very flattered by this, though. Maybe as I get further in my work for self journey, I don't know. I don't feel like I have enough interesting things to say about the topic. Yeah, I don't know. Grace is like, I agree with you. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's mean. I just don't I, like I think that there. it's been done so many times that like I and I'm just you know how I am. I'm very honest. Yeah. I, I'm wondering what you or if I was to do something, what, what value you would add. Yeah. To things that aren't already out there. Totally. I mean, I think a lot of those books are kind of like this sounds awful. I don't know how to put this politely, but it kind of feels like a cult of personality thing where it's like once you get to a certain following and then you can release a book and it doesn't matter if it's new or interesting because people care so much about you. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of like self-help productivity gurus in that. Yeah, I can think of a few. Me too. I'm not going to name names. Yeah, that I just don't like. So I feel like sometimes it's not even about adding anything new. It's just about but you and your personality. Yeah, raising your profile, which mine is certainly not big enough for. But I also don't think if I did have a really huge profile, this is how I want would want to use it. Yeah. Never say never. Maybe I'm going to like crack the code and get some really good advice that I need to share, that I need to take as my own and give in a book. You'll have a giant life epiphany about... Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I thought this was an interesting question because I know the answer. Someone said, have you ever thought about pivoting your career to be more creative? I thought that I had, but apparently this person doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Rom-com pods, guys. So I... I had always thought of myself as not a creative person. Like I spent until I at least until I was 30, at least until I was 30, thinking that I was not a creative person. I thought I was a left-brained person. I did not really have creative hobbies and I just did not think of myself as a creative person and then I don't know how I started thinking of myself as a creative person. I I don't I can't think of like a light switch moment. But I realized that there are more ways to be creative outside of I, – I had thought to be creative, you need to have a musical talent or an artistic talent, and I don't have either. Yeah. There's so many different types of creativity. Absolutely. I, apparently, I have a lot of these like deeply held beliefs about careers and creativity and whatnot that I didn't realize I had been holding on to. I, I hope I've exercised most of them, but who knows? Maybe in five years, I'll be like, and then this other thing that I didn't realize. <laughs> so I – I just thought that being creative meant that you had to be an artist or like a fine artist or a musician. And I think that I came to understand creativity more broadly and understand myself as a creative person only since being in my 30s. And so I think I have, especially with rom-com pods, embraced doing creative work. I mean, we write it in addition to directing and producing and casting it. So it really is like our brainchild. So I thought I had. You have. (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to pivot to be even more creative? I have no more skills left. (laughs) So probably this is as creative as it's going to get. Next question. I I took this off and you put it back on. They said, can you ever see yourself becoming an influencer? No. You've talked about this before. I have. I have the utmost respect for it. And it's not to diminish what you do or what other influencers do, because I obviously through you have so many friends who do this as their income. Um, but no, I, I am not inclined to. I did two uh, sponsored posts in September, which I got I got put on notice for at your birthday party. A couple people noticed. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. Stanley and John both were like, My I two guy you. friends. They were like, I see you doing sponsored content now. What's going on there? She's like, uh, guys, I have a podcast to pay for. Yeah, I was like, I have a money pit 
called rom-com pods that I need to fund. So I'm not really in the position to turn down money. Um, so yeah, I would I would continue to do things like that on a small basis, but I would I never foresee making my full career off of Instagram or some other content platform that is about my personality or myself. I love having a following that has been growing in order to uh, use it as feedback. Like it's so interesting to me to hear what people think about the podcast and both this podcast and Romcom Pods, or to be able to hear what I talk about that jives with people. And it's like <laughs> the best mini focus group in my pocket. Yeah. I think it's super cool to be able to share things and find people that care about the same things I do to connect with. I think it's a great place for me to be able to promote my work and what I'm doing in other projects, but I do not think I would like it to be my career for a myriad of reasons. I I would snap at some point. I Sometimes I feel like I'm going to snap. It's exhausting. It it's, just, it's exhausting, but also I do not have the barometer to have people tell me their thoughts about what I'm doing. <laughs> That's why my DMs are off right now. I would I would I would go off the deep end and get canceled probably like before I got to making a livable wage. I taught Katie Serino how to turn off story replies today and she was like, Thank you. I just need to breathe for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a ton of respect. And I think also I only know that from being friends with you and other influencers and having a front row seat because I think it is something that sounds really cool. I think it seems much cooler than it is. And it's cool. We get so many perks. I don't want, I love, I love it. But I also, I feel like there's so much to it that people think is exciting. And then, so I think that most of my friends that see the gritty, like all the day in and day outs and like we're having movie night and I'm like, sorry guys, I got to go on and post my evening Instagram because that's when engagement's best. Like I think that they see this stuff and are like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. Moving on to a bunch of friendship questions. How do you make new friends in a new city? Do we have an episode about this? Yeah, we definitely have an early episode about friendship. So you can go back into like the 2018 archives and find that. TBD, what the sound quality is like on that, but that's for you to find out. I can only speak for myself. I can tell you how I made most of my friends. So I made a lot of my friends from work. Any job I've worked in, I feel like I've formed IRL friendships from just because like working for startups or so in the trenches that it bleeds over. I feel so bad for people just starting a new job now. Like my sister. Oh my gosh, yes. She's a professor and she just got a new job. She's been at St. Olaf's for years and now she's at Cornell and she like can't bond with her coworkers because yeah. we're all locked oh, down. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it sucks. Like she's in a new city and she can't make new friends with her coworkers because that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think of that. I have also made a bunch of friends through friends. So when I moved to New York, I got introduced to quite a few people as friends of friends. And some of those friendships have like taken off or you've introduced me to people that you're like, I think you would be friends with them. So making friends through other friends, whether they live in your city or not, meaning the person who's introducing you, whether they live in your city or not. I have made so many friends through the podcast. I don't know what to tell you to do with that if the answer is to go start a podcast, but I have made more I made more friends last year from the podcast and especially when we were touring and doing live shows so we were like seeing tons of people in person and having so many guests in person and then going out with them um and also just catfishing anyone who we thought was interesting to come on as a guest and be our friend afterwards 
I made more friends in 2019 than I made in the previous seven years that I lived in the city. So I don't know what to tell you to do with that. If it's to start a podcast or if it's just to like find a hobby that you can meet people through. I also think a really good way to do it is like we always say this, but Facebook groups like we have. I started the Stripe one just for that purpose and it turned into another thing and then bad on paper too. So many of my best friends are from the internet. Not in – well, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say a lot of the podcast friends are from the internet. But then also all of my friends from San Francisco were indirectly through the internet. So I don't know. I think there's a weird stigma around it. But I personally don't think there should be. I don't think so either. So, yeah, joining Facebook groups. And I'm in a bunch. Like it's not just Grace's. Grace's is excellent. But there's also like – I feel like there's people who are friends in the Who Weekly Facebook group. Like, so it could be about anything. I love like just Kate Kennedy's Facebook. Kate group Kennedy's too. Facebook group. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in the one um, for uh, Diet Starts Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Forever 35. Like, there's so many there's so many podcaster or influencer centric Facebook groups where I can like see people making friends. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any plans for the holidays now that Rachel's here? Um, we were talking about maybe doing a Thanksgiving orphan Thanksgiving feast here in the city. So she's from Massachusetts. And um, she usually only goes home for one of the holidays. I don't know how that will change now that she's closer. But we were talking about doing an orphan Thanksgiving um, with Alex is going to be here, right? I don't know. I think so. I think Alex is going to be here. Deirdre is going to be here. Rachel, just like anyone who we, who we can pick up yeah, um, to do like a really big Thanksgiving feast. We both like cooking for people. We did Thanksgiving together last year, just the two of us in Palm Springs. So um, I would really, I would be really excited about that to do like a big friends Thanksgiving thing. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, we'll see. I, I said earlier, I don't know what my plans are for the holidays yet because I don't know if I had to make the decision today, I would not feel comfortable traveling. Yeah. However... Who knows? A lot can change in a few months. Yeah, exactly. So much can change. Yeah. How did you and Rachel meet? So we met in San Francisco. So she was living in D.C. at the time. And we'd met peripherally because we had a lot of mutual friends. And she went through a breakup and decided she wanted to leave D.C. and took a job working for my friend Lauren, who is one of my best friends. And... Uh, Lauren also knew her socially through the same friend group. And so when she got there, the first morning that she was there, she came to brunch with all of our like our uh, group of girlfriends. And we were like, oh, yeah, we'll keep you. So she became one of our really good friends. And it's really funny because neither of us lived in San Francisco for that long. I only lived there for two years. And I think she maybe lived there for two or three years. Yeah. Um, But we stayed really good friends afterwards. And... She comes to New York. She before she lived here, she used to come to New York a ton for work. So we would see each other like every other month almost. Like I saw her almost as regularly as my friends that lived in the same city. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we met. Questions about me. Okay. What is your favorite thing about me? I, I'm gonna say I have two ways to answer this because the first is like just broadly about you, but things that don't affect me. Because <laughs> like. <laughs> and then I'm going to say things that affect me. Oh, gosh. Me. Okay. So now I'm nervous. No, don't be nervous. Um, they're all good things. Every time I do – not every time, but a lot of times when I do a Q&A, people try to get me to bait me into saying bad things about you. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Why would I tell you, internet stranger, things that I dislike about my best friend? <laughs> That's <laughs> so weird. Why would you be the first to know that? Yeah, I know. Anyway. Okay. So 
one of my favorite things about you is how comfortable you are being your weirdest self. (laughs) And it is something that drew me to you. And I admired so much when I was working, when we were working together at Bobble Bar. And even before we were friends, I remember just like looking at you and being like, she's such a weirdo and she's so okay with that. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Because I'd never worked in a work atmosphere quite like that where that was acceptable. Yeah. It was like we could all just be ourselves at Bobble Bar. Yeah. And I've always just admired how much you are like unapologetically yourself. And even more recently, like I feel like that has been like less at the time it was more like wild and fun and weird. And like there were weird toys and there were like things. But like even just how much you stick up for your boundaries where you're like, this is who I am and this is what I need. Like I really admire that. Thank you. But that doesn't really affect me. Okay. So then in terms of like what is my favorite thing about Grace as a friend like that affects me is that I feel like Grace is – she's such a good friend if you're having a bad – if you're having a bad day and you need to vent, if you're having a bad thing happen to you, if you're like having a good thing happen to you, she's just like a really loyal friend who's there for you. Like, Thank you. I remember when my uncle was sick and um, I was in Florida by myself and Grace called me twice a day, every day. You could I didn't set, call you. I texted she text you. Me, she texted me. Sorry. <laughs> I was in Asia. That would have been really expensive. No, 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 no. She texted me and you could like set a clock by it. Like I got a morning text and an evening text from Grace every single day and I was there for like a month. And that was so meaningful to me. But even on a more micro level, like if I'm having a bad day and I say something over text, like you'll call me and be like, what's wrong? Do you want to talk about it? I just feel like you're such a good friend. Like you're always there for your people. Yeah. I think it's important to to show up for your crew. Yeah. I don't have a lot of like super, super close friends and I keep it that way because I've got to be good to all of you and I don't have a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my two, those are my two favorite things about you. Will you miss me when I'm in Charleston? Someone asked this. Of course she's going to miss me, guys. <laughs> what if I said no? No, I, of course I am. I'm still thinking of how I can sabotage her trip so that it's only an okay time and she doesn't decide <laughs> to move there. I think, I mean, Grace is a flight risk right now, let's be honest. And I like having her in my building and I don't want her to move. So I would like her to decide that she had a good time in Charleston, but it's not for her and she doesn't want to move there. <laughs> so yes, I will miss her, but I'm also scheming. Yes. I'm not actually going to ruin her trip. <laughs> you have to know that I'm very sarcastic and I have a weird yeah. sense of humor. And I don't actually mean that I'm going to. I know that. I know that you know that, but I feel like I'm just waiting for somebody. Some to listener be. to be like, or like on Reddit, Becca's going to sabotage Grace or something. I don't know. know. Yeah. I know. Just Um, need to caveat that. Somebody asked about your favorite thing about having me as a friend, which we covered, but then they said also as a podcast co-host. Grace and I work so incredibly well together. And I think it is because we both have an incredible fear of not pulling our weight like to a maniacal extent. Yeah. (laughs) So we're constantly trying to active service each other so that the other one isn't perceived as not pulling their weight. Oh, my God. I went in today and I was a little stressed and I had to put together all the questions for you. And you had written the ad. I had. Yeah. I was really happy. (laughs) Should we little things? Should we read the ad? Yeah. This is actually a great segue to the ad. (laughs) I swear we didn't plan this. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, a sponsor that I use every single day, and this is um, Care Of. So I have been taking their vitamins for over a year now, and honestly, this brand has made it possible for me to stick to a vitamin routine when I hadn't been able to before. I've never found anything that 
works quite this well. So we're such huge fans of Care Of. So here's how it works. So you go on their website and you take an in-depth quiz about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to get a personalized recommendation that addresses your personal wellness goals. So you can follow their recommendations or you can adjust your pack at any time. So what you receive is totally up to you. I personally have found shopping for vitamins to be really overwhelming in the past. It's just really hard to know what you need. And I just like that Care-of is super transparent about the research and sourcing behind their products. And they use clean ingredients that are backed by science. So taking the quiz is like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist, but without leaving my house, which you know I hate to do, or talking to anyone, which I also hate to do. <laughs> so it's vitamins for introverts. Yes. It's our new tagline. Yes. Care of, we've, we've rebranded you. Vitamins for introverts. We also love that your vitamins come in individual daily packs. I think this is one of their biggest innovations. And it is such a silly thing that I care so much about. But you don't need a pill case anymore. It's so easy to grab and go if you're traveling anywhere. You just take the amount of packs that you need for the days you'll be gone. And I feel like that's what made Care of stick for me was that before. It was when we were doing our live shows and traveling constantly. Yeah, it was like otherwise I would have fallen off the vitamin bandwagon because I would have left the pill things at home because I don't want to carry an old person pill case. Agree. Every night when I go, I'm like so so anal. But every night I go to bed and I put my kitchen to bed, which is just like doing all the dishes and wiping down the surfaces. And I take out a packet and I stick it on the counter so I remember to take it the next morning. Oh, so you take them in the morning. I was going to say, oh, I take mine in. I take mine in the morning. I thought you were going to say you take them at night. No, I take, I put it out for me to, so that I remember. Okay. It's like a cute little self-care thing I do. We have an offer for you. So if you're ready for a new routine and want to to try Care Of, um, you can take 50% off your first Care Of order. So go to takecareof.com slash BOP50 and enter code BOP50. Again, that's 50% off your first Care Of order. Go to takecareof.com slash BOP50 and enter code BOP50. And now back to the interview with me. So we're going to do some rom-com pods questions. Let's do it. It's my favorite topic to talk about. Um, Is rom-com pods giving you that creative fulfillment you felt like you were missing? Yes. It is the only one of my New Year's resolutions that I have accomplished. Uh, Grace was saying, if you want to go listen to our really now tragic episode about our 2020 resolutions, we have one. And one of my biggest ones was wanting creative fulfillment in my work. And I found it. So yay, but RIP all my other resolutions. I wanted to go on a beach vacation every quarter. I want to know how that's <laughs> Remember going. Remember that? Not great. Not great. Do you have dreams of becoming a full-time rom-com writer? Oh my God, I sure do. I feel like that is a medium to longer term goal. We're not making money yet. Uh, I don't know if everyone realizes that, but we haven't paid ourselves yet. We're paying to create this. So I would love to get to a point where this was my full-time job. But right now we're paying to do it. So it just takes time like everything. Yeah. So I need to do other things so that I can pay my rent. What was your writing process routine for rom-com pods? So our writing process is because it's collaborative. The first thing we do is we come up with the idea and the first season We came up with a bunch, and then we let our friends vote on them, which ones they liked best. The second season, we just both really liked this idea, and we were like full steam ahead. And then we sit down, and we outline it, and we use the story beats from this – there's this book called Save the Cat, which is about 
plotting for movies, and we've used that format for both seasons. So we kind of plot out what's going to happen, and we divide it up into episodes, and then we make an outline for each episode that's like as detailed as possible. I would say that the whole outline usually ends up being like two or three pages. I've heard of like movie outlines that are like 10 or 15 pages, so it's not that detailed, I guess. Um, And then we usually will have a call where we talk about the characters and we try to flesh things out about them that we want to make it into the season. And some of them don't. Like for this season, like we even knew what her coffee order was and we ended up having to change it because it didn't end up in any of the episodes and then it didn't make sense when it was referenced. Um, But you try to come up with like personality quirks and like who are these people? Like try to flesh out in our mind, like what are they insecure about? What do they want in life? Um, what are their relationships to other people? Like, what's their relationship history before this happened? So we try to have all of that in our mind and we try to use as much of it as possible, just like we understand jointly who they are. Not all of it makes it in. There's definitely some weird, weird character traits about Claire that like didn't see the light of day. (laughs) And then we start writing and we usually do it every other episode. So I will write, uh, I think last season, in season one, I, I wrote episode one, three, and I wrote six because Rachel didn't want to write the ending. And I f- was like, okay, I will. And then she wrote two, four, and five. And we kind of do it one by one. And then we switch. And by the end, it's kind of so jumbled together that it really isn't like Becca wrote episode one, Rachel wrote episode two. It's really just like such a collaborative process that is like become some its own thing altogether that's gotten much better for having the other person having edited it. And then we we do that until we have a first draft. And then once we get the first draft, we combine all of the episodes into one document. So there's like a script for the whole season. And we go through that. And usually there's all there's like all kinds of highlighted parts that like in the in this upcoming season, there's a lot of speeches. We hadn't written any of the speeches or scenes that we don't know how to do. <laughs> so there'll be like holes. So we'll fill in all the holes and we'll try to smooth everything out and make sure everything works together. And then once we have like our second or third draft, we'll send it to other people for feedback. And then we send it to friends or colleagues who are either interested in the project or have like professional experience doing this. We get feedback and then we decide what feedback we're going to take because we don't take all of it. And we try to work that in. Like on the first season, a lot of feedback was like, Claire is deeply unlikable. So we were like, oh, we have to figure out how to make Claire likable, mm-hmm. more likable. Um, and then we kind of keep tweaking it until it's down to the wire and we have to send out final scripts to the actors and then we take it away from ourselves <laughs> and send it directly to the actors. <laughs> So that's how the process has gone so far. To be honest, we're making it up as we go along, but it seems to be going pretty well. Yeah. How did it come into being? Oh, so it's kind of a – I feel like I talked about this on the episode where we had Rachel on the podcast, but I think it's kind of like a funny and lovely story. So – Yeah, we have a whole episode with Rachel, by the way. So we do. She's a great guest, but they also talk a lot about how they came up with the idea and started it. And it's kind of fun to listen to as well because – It's before they had all this success and they had no idea what was going to happen. Totally. So Rachel and I met in San Francisco. We have mostly been long distance friends for most of our friendship. And that means that usually when we see each other, we're staying in the other person's house. So we watch a lot of movies together, more so than in my other friendships where we would be out doing things. 
And we both have like a very common love of cheesy movies, specifically of the Christmas variety. Like when Mm -hmm. Netflix started making cheesy Christmas movies, we were all about it. So we've always just had a very similar taste in movies and love sharing with each other rom-coms that the other person maybe hasn't seen. Mm -hmm. And um, Rachel has floated it so many times over the years that she's floated that wouldn't it be fun if we wrote a rom-com together? We could do this. We could do a better job of this. I totally think we could do this. And every time she brought it up, I was like, first of all, I'm busy. And second of all, I don't have time for this. And second of all, like, what makes you think that we could do this? Yeah. And it got to the point where there are literally brainstorming documents that she tried to coax me into doing this with her so many times over the years. And I always was the Debbie Downer and said no. And um, in 2019, I was in L.A. right before or right after Christmas because we were going to Grace and I were going to a wedding in San Diego. And so I stayed with Rachel beforehand in L.A. And we were out to drinks one night and I was talking about I was like on and on about my New Year's resolution goals. And one of them was that I wasn't feeling particularly creatively fulfilled by my work and I wanted to find more fulfillment in 2020. And she was like, what if we wrote a rom-com and what if we made it a podcast? And it was kind of a right time, uh, yeah, like a right time, right place moment where it wasn't a new idea, but it just resonated with me. And especially, I think part of it was because of Bad on Paper, I'd started to get a glimpse into the audiobook market. Mm -hmm. And frankly, some audiobooks suck. Some are great, but some suck. And it's crazy how that whole dynamic, like a voice, can like make a make a a really great book not so great, or make a bad book more enjoyable. Totally. And it's also long and. I don't know. I just I was like, it would be really interesting. I, I, there was so much buzz about Daisy, the Daisy Jones and the Six audiobook last year, mm-hmm. and that had a full cast. And I was like, just wouldn't it be so interesting if there were voice actors for all of it? And so it was just, it seemed the idea just was more interesting than it had been before. And we went into it and we said, hey, well, we're going to try this in the new year. And anyone can walk away at any time because we might be terrible at this or we might hate it. And we kind of just kept chipping away at it. And thankfully, by the time quarantine happened, we were already like fully in it. So then we were like, oh, we're going to cling to this as something to do. Yeah. So that's the origin story. Have there been any surprises? Um, how much, how many people like it and how much people like it has been totally surprising to us. I think... I expected us to take a few more seasons to find our footing. And I think we pretty firmly found our footing the first season. And I'm excited to see what happens next. And one last rom-com question. Okay. How do you find your actors? Um, so I'm usually in charge of casting um, the lead roles. And Rachel does the bit parts. And um, we've used a couple of different casting websites. So we use Backstage.com. We use ActorsAccess.com. We use... Um, Breakdown Express, we use all those websites. Uh, If you are a voice actor and you are listening to this, I do not want your resume via email. Um, We get inundated. Oh, really? Inundated. Oh, interesting. And so I will not, I firmly will not reward that behavior by giving those people a chance to audition if they don't apply through the proper channels. Yeah. Um, So if you're interested, um, put a Google alert on RomComPods and you'll get an 
alert next time we're casting when we post the listing on backstage or wherever we're casting. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's fun. I think it's like a fun puzzle that it it's like you get to be judgmental and I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah. Okay. We're going to switch gears to some apartment living questions. Okay. What is your favorite place you've lived, both city and neighborhood? Um, I, I mean, I think my favorite place I lived is now is I live in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. I think this is my favorite apartment for it better sure. better be. I'm really enjoying my time here. I mean, maybe I studied abroad in Madrid and like that was awesome. So like maybe yeah. that's a short term fave. Yeah. But no, I think now is I'm living my favorite. Yeah. Would you ever consider leaving in New York or Brooklyn? Yes. I don't know that I I envision myself as a lifer necessarily, but I have no idea where I would go. So that's Charleston's pretty great. Well, I haven't <laughs> spent much time there. So if you move there, I'll I'll certainly spend more time there and see. But um I don't have that place in the back of my mind where you're like, if I moved, I would go to Charleston. So I'm kind of here until something better comes along and strikes my fancy. Totally makes sense. What was your apartment decorating process like and where did you get your inspiration? Um, So I used an interior decorator. Her name is Emma Barrel. So if you look her up online on Barrel with a Y. Barrel with a Y. Um, Her website and Instagram handle are both E-M-M-A-B-E-R-Y-L. Um, I found her through Matt Bellisai, who I do not know, but I follow on Instagram. And she did his apartment, and I liked it so much that I followed her. And so when I moved into this place, I reached out and was like, hey, can I afford you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she was wonderful. I frankly have a very hard time putting together a space. I I feel like I have very solid – a very solid sense of taste on a micro level. So if you asked me which of five couches I like or which – Thing I like, I'm very easily able to tell you. But if you're like put a bunch of stuff together, so in a cohesive way, I get really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I also get scared of making bad decisions when things are expensive. So yeah. I kind of like don't make decisions. So I wanted to get an interior decorator so that my house was decorated. Mm-hmm. Um, and where did I get inspiration? I save a lot of things on my phone on when I see things on Instagram, like I have an Instagram saved folder of just like cool interiors that I like. I have some Pinterest boards, but they're old. Um, I kind of just try to like save things as I see them because yeah. I feel like it's always hard to find inspiration when you go looking for it. Yeah, versus, you got to like, save it as you see them. Yeah. I've got a few folders too. Yeah. And what about finding art for your apartment? So a lot of the art in my apartment is from Etsy, from random stores on Etsy. Did Emma find that for you or did – you do that on your own? Both. Yeah. So some of the things in my bookshelf where it was like we specifically wanted certain colors or something, like she sourced options. But then I also have some stuff that I've just collected from Etsy over the years that I really like. Um, I actually find that Urban Outfitters has good art, um, oh. good prints, mm-hmm. um, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. I have a couple from there. And then my other favorite thing is so Unsplash is this free stock photo website. And if you go on Unsplash, it's like all of these beautiful images that are royalty free. So what you can do is you can find an image of anything and you can upload it to FrameBridge. And you, especially if you want something really large format, you set it to the biggest size and it's way cheaper than buying a lot of art because the art itself is free. You just pay for the frame. Mm-hmm. So I actually have quite a few things in my apartment that are from Unsplash. There are photos from Unsplash that I then uploaded to Framebridge and had framed. Smart. Yeah. What are your favorite restaurants in Brooklyn? 
Oh, um, okay. What are my favorite restaurants in Brooklyn? So I feel like recently we've been really into Aurora and what's the other one on Havenmeyer? Havenmeyer. Havenmeyer. <laughs> what's the one on Havenmeyer? Havenmeyer. <laughs> Havenmeyer. Um, I'm I'm into OTB's outdoor seating thing right now. Mm-hmm. Normally so I would cute. go there as a bar, not a restaurant, but it's so cute. It's so cute. It's like all colorful mixed match chairs like and they ha- they took over a whole crosswalk so there's like a lot of space. Yeah. I am historically very into Rabbit Hole. Um however, they have not had steak for steak salad the last two times I went, which is it's the so only disappointing. thing I want there. Yeah, it's our favorite steak salad, both of us and our friend Alex and my sister. Like everyone loves the steak salad. I think maybe people have gotten wind, I don't know. They're always out of steak. We're having a steak supply issue. It's all I wanted on my birthday. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. We had great Chinese. Um, Lilia, I mean, it's so hard to get a reservation, but like it's so good. It's worth the hype. Yeah. Um, what else do I like? Missy. I've never been there. Oh, I thought you'd been. Mm-mm. Um, I don't know what else you like. I'd say I those can't. are your, like, I'd say OTB, Rabbit Hole, and Havemeyer and Aurora are your spots. Yeah. Okay. Somebody asked, I, <laughs> what are your top 10 best? British chiclet books, maybe top three. Yeah, I know. I couldn't name the top, top 10. 10. That's like a blog post. So, what I will <laughs> say, a whole episode. If you're really into British chiclet in my Amazon shop, um, I make no money off of this. So, I don't really care if you buy them through my link or if you go buy them somewhere else. But um, if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash Becca M. Freeman, I have a list of my favorite British chiclet recommendations. So, you can get more recs there. Um, my number one favorite is definitely this book called Who's That Girl by Vari McFarlane, who is my favorite British chiclet author. Um, and I I need to see if that's back in stock yet because it was out of stock oh, for a while. Mm-hmm. That one is my is my favorite of her books, but I love most of her books. Um, I read this book earlier this year that I really loved that Grace did not love, but I did. And it was called Would Like to Meet. Oh my God, it was awful. I love it. It is. <laughs> oh, this a- is about you. This isn't for me to chime in. This is, uh, and it's by Rachel Winters. And it's about this um, a- agent, this m- movie agent um, who represents people who are screenwriters, who uh, basically is trying to win a bet and going around and trying to reenact all these rom com tropes and meet a man through them. Hilarious. So funny. So good. Um, I oh, what's my third top wreck? Oh, that's so hard. I really like this book called it's called You Don't Have to Say You Love Me by Sarah Manning. And Sarah is called is spelled S-A-R-R-A Manning, M-A-N-N-I-N-G. And I have not read it in years, so I apologize if it doesn't hold up because I probably read it like eight years ago. Um, but I loved that book. And she, the author hasn't written that much since. So I'd say those are my top three recs. But if you are a disciple of the genre like I am, I have all of my recs in my Amazon store because I get asked about this a lot. How do you read a book all in one sitting? You just do it. You just sit down and do um, it. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want to be a source of reading guilt for people. I feel like people feel like they need to read in a certain way. And I would just say like read and however is enjoyable for you. There's nothing that is more enjoyable than sitting down on a Sunday particularly and starting a book and being like, I'm going to finish this book today. And then I kind of just like read for a while and then I do some chores, read for a while, go mm-hmm. for a walk, read for a while, make dinner. Um, that's really enjoyable for me. But if that's not enjoyable for you, don't do it. Yeah. 
we also don't have kids. We don't have totally. boyfriends. We don't like when I was in a serious relationship. Right I w- I read like two or three books a month. Now I read like eight to ten. <laughs> so you don't have a boyfriend, but you yeah. have books. Yes. What are your five favorite books from 2020 so far? Ooh, okay. I, I'm going to try to do this up the top of my head, but I'm also going to bring out my Goodreads because I definitely know that I'm going to forget some. So Homegoing by Yaa Jossi uh, definitely is my favorite book that I read this year. It is more literary. It is about uh, the descendants of two sisters uh, who are born in Africa in the late 1700s, and then it follows their descendants through the 1980s or 1990s. Um, and I loved it. It surprised me so much. I didn't think that I was going to love it as much as I did. I thought it was going to be hard and sad, which ironically is how Grace found it to be. But I was, it was so, too sad for me. I was so engrossed and I I loved it. So that's my number one. Um, I really loved One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is my favorite like rom-com-y type book. Um, I loved our October book, You Had Me at Ola. I'm so excited that everyone is reading that because I loved it so much. Um, Open Book by Jessica Simpson is 100% in my top five. Oh, yeah. Listen to it, though, as an audiobook. Um, I- I'm sure it would be good to read, too, but that's definitely up there. And then for my last one, I read – I didn't realize that I read the- them this year. It feels like so long ago. I read the Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss this year, and that's one of my favorite series that I've ever read. So – that jointly as a series would be my other slot. Yeah. Would you ever consider writing a fanfic sequel to The Idea of You? No, I I desperately want Robin Lee to write a sequel to it, but I do not feel like it is my idea and I would just be so worried about not doing justice to it. I wouldn't I wouldn't feel comfortable writing in somebody else's world even if I had a great story idea. So no, I wouldn't. But yeah, I, I would feel weird. I join you in the, I join you as the president of the fan club for the idea of you. And I, I very much hope that there's a sequel. Did you also have people been sending you? There is a new story. Yes. About Harry Styles and Tracy Ellis Ross. And I'm so here for it. Oh yeah. Everyone's been sending it to me. Yeah. I almost sent it to you too, but I figured everyone was sending it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's tackle some quarantine questions. Okay. What would you do differently during quarantine? Okay. So if I had, if you I was stop psychic. wearing masks and you just get. No, if I were psychic and I, I, I feel like I've deluded myself through a quarantine thinking that it wouldn't be as long as it was. Like I've had, I have friends who have been like, since March will be like, no, this will be until 2021 and I've been like no it'll go away like yeah it'll be fine soon not that I'm not taking precautions but just that I thought that it would improve and not continue to worsen um if I had known how things were going to go I would have gotten a house um somewhere over the summer for a month I am feeling really stir crazy and like I would like to leave the city and if I had known how this was going to be I would have rented a house somewhere to just like get some fresh air, be out of the city, and then come back and feel refreshed. Yeah. Do you think that the pandemic has changed you permanently at all? Um, I mean, in some ways, like, it gave us the time and space to write rom-com pods and to fully commit to that idea. And so I think it's changed my work. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what would have happened if we 
quarantine hadn't happened, I don't know what would have happened to rom-com pods because Rachel is pretty, we were talking about this last night and she's like, I used to have 10 social plans a week between like different, like coffees, meals, yeah, exercise, like workouts. Like she's a very social person. So I do not think that we would have gotten season two out so fast or like had the time to create the quality of it if not for quarantine. So it's changed that in some ways. I also think it's it's made me a more confident cook and it's also taken some of the stress out of cooking. We'll see how that stays if like once I'm out and about and I'm like, you know, in the city for meetings and I come back if I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so drained. I don't want to cook. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I've just gotten like, it doesn't phase me to like cook something for dinner. I order way less takeout now than I did before the pandemic. I do, too. It's been nice. So maybe that. But I, I can't pressure test that until after quarantine when I actually have more obligations. Yeah. It's made me more grateful. It's made me more appreciative of New York. And it's made me more grateful for social plans in a way that I definitely took advantage of. And I hope that I stay grateful, but I'll probably forget after six months of things back to normal. Yeah. (laughs) If we're being honest. Let's do some quick questions. Okay. Do you have any other trash human tendencies like the coffee creamer? Grace, I have so many trash human tendencies. I know. So people always get mad when we I I'm probably the main perpetrator here. I call myself a trash human and I think a people, trash person. Trash person. I think that people get offended because they think that I'm making fun of something they like, but no. I'm in the club too. Welcome to the club. We meet on Tuesdays, which is the worst day. I'm a trash person. So yeah, I have tons of trash person tendencies. Yours might be different than mine. But um, I don't mean it in an offensive way. And it's one of my favorite phrases. So people keep trying to get me to stop saying it. I'm just unwilling. <laughs> this is why you can't be an influencer. Where to start? I don't wash my face ever. <laughs> um, I like Scott one-ply toilet paper. Uh, Rachel says it's the worst thing about coming to my house. Um, I would eat at Chili's over most expensive meals. Uh, and I and I do have a penchant for chain restaurants overall. Chili's is not the only chain restaurant I like. Grace, feel free to chime in. What other trash tendencies do I have? Um, I tend to prefer luggage from TJ Maxx, which I know people have taken issue with in the past. You got gifted some really nice Toomey stuff. I Yes, but I haven't traveled since then, so yeah. I can't really. Uh, what else about you? I mean, your taste in, in, rom- or in, in romantic comedy books sometimes. All the British chocolate. That's not trashy. Paper Princess is trashy. I mean, my thrillers are trashy, so I, I'm not saying it like as snark. What else? Uh, I only wear $3 your pandemic underwear. Pants? Oh, your $3 underwear. I, I pretty you much horrified exclusively when I- wear $3 underwear from Aerie. Yeah. The pandemic pants. You have eight pairs, I think. I only have four pairs, and that's not <laughs> trashy. That's not a trash human tendency. Okay. That's comfortable. But yeah, I have plenty. Yeah. We can <laughs> have, I don't know, we could have like a quarterly segment of like, trash time with becca and i'll tell you other trash things i have remembered about myself (laughs) i think everyone does anyone who's saying that they don't have trash people tendencies is lying yeah they are i don't know who these people are fmk dean logan or jess my god thank you for asking these are the uh boyfriends from gilmore girls oh i have very strong feelings kill dean marry logan fuck jess I know that some people would reverse the Jess and Logan thing. I think that Jess was a worse boyfriend to Rory than Logan was. And also Logan is rich. And as an adult, that that goes pretty far. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. If you could only have three apps on your phone besides calling, texting, and emailing, what would they be? 
Instagram would be one. I think I uh, the weather app. Yeah, I'm like, what do I use? I mean, it, probably the weather app, which feels like a waste, but it's my most used app. Um, and my sleep app. Yeah. Would be my three. Or, I mean, online banking, because I hate having to go to the bank. I don't know. Yeah, my sleep app, I guess. Um, What podcasts have you been listening to lately? I have not been listening to very many podcasts lately. I have been I, – I like to listen to music on walks, and my podcast time was when I was on the subway, and I haven't ridden the subway in six months. So I'm just struggling to keep up with the podcasts that I love and listen to. But I did listen this morning to Girls Gotta Eat had an episode with Elizabeth Warren. That's the most recent one I've listened to, too. Oh, my God. It's great. I was so fangirling for them, and – I love Elizabeth Warren, and it was fun to see her in a less formal context than I've ever seen her before. Yeah, like when she gave marriage advice at the end. So I loved it. Yeah. I also try to listen to, I really love the Financial Confessions podcast, and I I do try to keep up with that one. And then I dip in and out of Be There in Five, Kate Kennedy's podcast, based on the topic. It's The episodes are long, and I know ours are sometimes too, so it's hard for me to keep totally up to date with. I've foregone who weekly because i it's too many episodes and i don't have enough time but yeah my my podcast consumption is down same um oh this is a great way to end it i think okay give up one pandemic purchase pandemic pants your soul cycle bike or your air fryer kudos to how well this person knows me and can just sum up my like personality in one question um i would give up the air fryer because i could roast vegetables in the oven yeah, I feel confident in that choice. I would give up the air fryer. Yeah. Guys, thank you for submitting so many thoughtful, interesting questions for me. I hope I hope you learned something about me or hope this was interesting. Hope it was interesting. I don't know. Um it was fun for me because I love talking about myself. So I hope it was fun for you, the listener, too. Um, but as a reminder, I'm gonna interview Grace in two weeks. So um, watch out for the question box on my Instagram. And um, if you just want to make sure to get your question, email us and I'll take it into consideration. Fortunately, we had too many questions that we can't Way answer. Way too many all. questions. Yeah. Um, let's do some obsessions. Let's do some end matter. Um, Instagram. You don't have one. I don't have one. I have a good one. Tell me. You're going to like this one. It's um, Adrian Miller Art. And Adrian is spelled A-D-R-I-E-N-N. And then Miller Art. Really cool bowls that have like faces in them, like fruit bowls. They're works of art. They're really cool. I cannot for the life of me remember who I saw talking about this. I think it might have been Claire and Erica. I don't know. It was somebody. I do not like these. I am scared of them. No, they're cute. Um, no, I'm afraid of them. No, they're so cool. I especially don't like it as a fruit bowl. I don't like it at oh, all. I love the fruit bowl. I think it's so cool. So um, this person's based in Seattle. They're a painter, but they also make like, I really like all the white porcelain bowls, like especially like there's like heads popping up out of them. They're so cool. Like, look at this one. Like, the bananas and the I don't like it. Oh, I love it. It so, looks like it would come alive in the middle of the night and, like, wander around your house while you were sleeping. <laughs> Tell me it doesn't look like that. It looks a little like that. Okay. So that is my Instagram obsession. I think it's cool. And I don't remember who tagged them in in on something. I feel like it might have been Claire and Erica. 
They have such weird, they have good, really art good finds. finds. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your real obsession? Oh, so my real obsession is an obsession that you've had before. I've gotten during. Is the, it the big? You said big ice roller. Is it bigger than the one I have? No, it's. I think it's the same one you have. The Amazon one. Yeah. Yeah. So I have gotten very into ice rolling my face during quarantine. I don't know if I'm puffier in quarantine or if I'm just spending more time at home looking at myself in a mirror or if I'm getting old. I I don't know, but I have been real into ice rolling. And my previous ice roller was something that came in a gift bag. It was like a dinky one. Mm -hmm. And I needed bigger guns. So I got the big ice roller from Amazon. It's cheap. It's like $15. Yeah, it's amazing. I do not know what I was doing before because this one's so much better. I just I have wasn't, a whole blog post about ice rolling. I just wasn't into ice rolling when you talked about it. So yeah. I'm just late to the ice rolling party. It's amazing for puffiness, for inflammation, um, ice for rolling, like everything. Ice rolling my face for a hangover. is one of my number one hobbies right now. That's great. Are you going to ask me my obsession? Oh, yeah. What's your obsession? Um, I thought I, we were going to talk more about uh, ice rolling our faces. No, but I have a really good blog post all about ice rolling if you guys want a more in-depth look at how to ice roll and all of that. I have two obsessions. They're both small businesses. One I found from our friend Akila, who's a past podcast guest, is called Hot Merch for Biden, and it is the best Biden merch I've found yet. I am deeply excited to... Get on this website. So they have like a whole astrology section, which is like great. It's like Libras indecisively for Biden. It's like Cancers emotionally for Biden. Yeah. Virgos. I forget what it is. Aquarius unemotionally for Biden. They're great. But they also have a really cute one with an illustration of a cat that says cat people for Biden. Cute. You better believe I ordered that first thing this morning. Oh, man. I'm going to need to get a couple things here. I can already tell. I ordered one thing and There's I was a like bucket hat that just says bitches for Biden. Yeah. I literally ordered one thing and I felt like I exercised so much restraint by only buying one thing. I was going to get you and Alex and me all the horoscope things. And I was like, I'm not spending $90 on random t-shirts today, but they're great. So highly recommend that. The other one I've talked a lot about on my Instagram is shop bomb chell, C-H-E-L. So it's like bombshell, but bomb chell. Um, and it is my internet friend, Arshel. Um, it is a small black-owned, female-owned business, and they make awesome masks. And they're made from um, fabrics from Africa, and they do all these amazing things to help um, employ women in Africa. And that's where I got my RBG mask. It's also reversible, so when I don't want to wear RBG, I can wear um, like a really beautiful African print There's just, they have great masks. I have an RBG one and then I have like a printed wax cotton one and I love them both. And I just think they're like a cool small business that's doing really good stuff. Sorry, I'm still on hot merch for Biden because it is so good and I cannot wait to go buy so much stuff from this website when I go upstairs. What about books? Oh, so I have some, um, I have an interesting rec for you. Oh. So I read this book on Friday night. I read it in one night and probably took me four hours. And it's called Empire High Untouchables by Ivy Smoke, S-M-O-A-K. Okay. So I'd seen this book come up on Goodreads a bunch of times, and it was only available as a Kindle single, and I didn't want that. But now they printed it, and it is a printed book now. And all of the reviews were so crazy good. And I was like, I really want to read this book. And it sounded like the paper princess level of trashy. 
So it's about the it's about this girl who gets a scholarship to go to a very elite New York high school. And there's this group of boys called the Untouchables. And it's two sets of brothers who are like the hottest guys in school. And um, she starts a flirtation, with, like a secret flirtation with one of them. It is one of those books. It's bad good. It's bad good where I was like, why am I reading this? I need I need more. And um, it wasn't quite as sexy as uh, Paper Princess, but I feel like it's getting there. I feel like we're getting towards teen porn territory. Mm-hmm. It was pretty hot, but like nobody had sex yet. So um, I really liked it. Do without what you will. Yeah. It's one of those recommendations where I'm like, do I really want to go on the record being like, you need to read this because you don't. But like if you enjoy that type of thing, it's a good it's it's a good book. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that was a weird recommendation. So I read that. And then um, I started They Wish They Were Us by Jessica Goodman, which was the prep school book um, that you had recommended like a month ago mm-hmm. about a prep sc- a murder at a prep school. It's I think so I haven't gotten to the murder yet. Um, but I love anything about like elite, rich, unsupervised teenager. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for it. I can tell. What about you? So I am currently reading and savoring Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Um, our friend Emily, we had dinner at her house a few weeks ago, and she was talking. We were just giving each other book recs, and I can't believe I haven't read this yet because I love food memoirs. I just oftentimes get so caught up in reading like what's current and new and all of that, and. I am just loving this book so much. It just reminds me so much of growing up in a restaurant, like all of the funny things and like the chefs and the cooks behind the line and the way they banter and all of that. Um, and I just love and miss him so much. I'm definitely like taking my time with it, which is why my September reading list is going to be shorter than than my my book list usually are, but I'm enjoying it so much. And if you need a new book, I highly recommend our October book, which I said was one of my top books of 2020. And it is You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. And uh, she's a Latinx writer. And the book is about a tabloid-y Hollywood actress who takes the starring role in a new Netflix-style soap opera. So like a modern soap opera. And stars opposite this hunky guy who comes from the telenovela world in Miami, and they have a will-they-or-won't-they romance on the set of this telenovela. It is really steamy. There are sex scenes, so if that's something you like, great. If it's something you don't like, well, I told you. Mm -hmm. Um, It is really fun, and but it, it does have like a little bit more serious topics too so it's not just like that like light fluff total brain candy like I, I love the kind of new wave of contemporary romances that like have a little more point of view and are like more feminist or like issues oriented so um I loved it I read a ton of books in this genre and this one felt like fresh and new and interesting to me so I hope that everyone loves it as much as I did I can't wait to read it but if you guys want more of us, um, come join our Facebook group, Bad on Paper Podcast. Um, follow us on Instagram, also Bad on Paper Podcast. Use our Bad on Paper gift gifts. Yes, use them. 
Um, I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and I blog every single day over at thestripe.com. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman, and Rom-Com Pod Season 2 starts October 12th, and I'm so excited about it. Bye. Bye. Bye.